Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two. This is the Breaking Barriers Podcast. The conversation about changing the narrative for boys and young men of color in Western New York. Let's go. What's up, y'all? We back with another podcast. It's good to be back. It's good to be surrounded by black excellence in the room today. Y'all, we got a nice one for y'all. We got Daniel Robinson here, and we got Christopher Smitherman II here. He is a black male on the rise, doing his thing. Straight from Cincinnati. Welcome, welcome. Bengals fan. You was a Bengals fan? Bengals fan all day. That's tough. All right, y'all. Welcome. It's good to be back, y'all. And today we're going to be talking to Christopher about some of his accomplishments and some of the stuff he's been doing over the years. So, Christopher, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I got the invite to the show and I said, mm-hmm. oh, well, shoot. You know what? I I don't mind just talking to folk. Um, <laughs> I don't mind talking to folk about myself. Uh, you know, I don't know if I, I'd say I'm, I'm on the rise. I, I, I just like to say I'm, I'm doing my thing, staying really in humble, my lane, y'all. man, and, and trying to, to be the, my best self and also help others. Uh, in their journeys as well and in any way that I can. That's awesome. But I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Well, we're happy to have you. Chris, so tell us, what's some things about you that you want us to know? Tell us the the people. What's some of the things about you um, that make you stand out amongst, you know, the many of black males in the world right now? Yeah, sure thing. So, so for one, I am from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, that definitely does stand out in Buffalo, New York. Definitely, Many people yeah, here does. I found don't know anything past Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, so, you know, Cincinnati's three hours south of that. Uh, but now nah, that's my home, my hometown. I, I love it. I recently relocated to Buffalo, New York about a year ago and began my career with McDonald's Corporation. And that is McDonald's, the Golden Arches uh, Corporation, not uh, some other people think it's the manufacturing company, but I do work for those Golden Arches. And I've been here for a year, uh, really enjoy the city, really enjoy the people. Uh, I've had a great, great building, great connections. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody coming up here, uh, but I really appreciate the support. And the people I've met uh, met up here, it's just been it's been it's been great, man. I couldn't have done it without without that. So you know, in my spare time, I know I like to go around Buffalo, uh, check out some scenes. Mm. What's some of your? Um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, what's some of your favorite spots to check out in Buffalo? Yeah, no. So you know, I love. Uh, I, well, first of all, I I love the Oak Room. I'm sad it's not open. <laughs> you know, you just gotta be honest. Uh, but no, I mean, honestly, that that's where I met a lot of people. Uh, actually, the first time I I went, I was invited. Uh, I was invited to go there and then I, I quickly went to one of the, um, I think it's called, uh, the Fridays where they acknowledge people, mm-hmm. uh, with the success that they're doing in the community. Okay. And I really just like the vibe. So it was a great place to connect with a lot of people in Buffalo, connect with a lot of young, uh, other black talent in Buffalo, people on the rise doing their thing, professionals. Um, so that's where I, you know, I, I thrive at, um, but other places, man, you know, I love, uh, the gym. I love my gym rat, man. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I need my workout, keep my peace. Uh, I know it's not Buffalo, but Niagara Falls is always a beautiful place to just hang mm. out, especially yeah. in the pandemic. You know, just, I just take my lawn chair up there, chill by the rapids, man, and read a book. Yeah. So that's that's what I like to do, man, uh, around here. I know it's, it's not too much. I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, <laughs> I, I've been here a year, you know, so I'm still getting to see some of the sites. I think somebody sent me my, my way. Uh, there's like a gorge or something or a cave like thing near Devil's here. Devil's Gorge. Devil's Gorge. Okay, yeah. That, yeah that's Devil's it. Hole, rather. So, okay, something to check out. So I say, yo, this looks pretty cool. I mean, the weather's a little... 
uh, not the best right now, but I, I know here it's gonna be sunny. It's a Friday. nice little hike, a lot of stairs. Yeah, yeah. Hey, heard afterwards. That's what's up. But yeah, it's a little bit about me, man. Just, just not, not. I'm, I'm pretty basic, man. I'm trying. To, I'm really pulling teeth myself. I'm like, I don't know what to talk about, you know. <laughs> right, and you know, I checked out your resume, man. I, don't, I won't call that basic. I feel like you know that's some huge accomplishments. You know, you've had the chance to travel and give, you know, give back not just to the community but the world. You know, you've you've done a lot of stuff that's very impactful for many people lives um talk about some of the stuff that you've done in the past two to three years yeah yeah so um i i graduated from i graduated from college in 2018 uh from miami university in oxford ohio okay. not, not not university of miami down south in florida it's a cornfield in in ohio uh 45 <laughs> minutes from from cincinnati just making just gotta set the record straight you know some folks be like you from florida you got the sun no i i it's not the case at all uh, I graduated there with my degree in mechanical engineering, mm-hmm. and while I was in college, I was had a, the opportunity to uh, do a uh, summer abroad in when well, I went a summer a length of my summer abroad in uh, South Korea, mm-hmm. uh, working with a company uh, to develop a improvement to a uh, paper making process, uh, wow. an old hand making paper. It was a uh, the uh, the village was making paper by hand, which is how we used to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to come up with work with a team to create a more affordable solution for them to uh, speed up the process and be more efficient. Mm-hmm. That way, they could have an increase in output. So that was a great time, and that's really where I I got my passion for operations. I'd say so. While I have an engineering background, I really like operations, problem solving, but using data analytics, analyzing come systems. On. So mm-hmm. from there, I, I took a t- some time and I, I pursued it. A, uh, a, a was in the construction industry uh, mm-hmm. for a brief period. I needed to go home after college. My mom was uh, sick and was battling uh, breast cancer, which uh, a rare case where it left her permanently uh, disabled. Um, uh, so Sorry. she lost all motor, you know, real motor functions and, and very delayed. And that happened in the January of 2017. Mm-hmm. So I was still in college. And after I graduated, I just said, you know what, it's time for me to go home. Uh, it's time for me to help give back, help my help my family out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have four younger siblings. Uh, two of them would be in college, so I say, let me help out. So I, I did that there in the interim. Unfortunately, she passed in, in January of 2019, um, which led me to then kind of go, you know, get ramped back up, try to find something. Construction really wasn't my thing, and so I was looking for operations-based careers, and mm-hmm. I found this opportunity at McDonald's. They were hiring recent college grads into their program, and mm-hmm. I got the job. And they said, "Hey, you know, you want you want the job? You got to go to Buffalo, New York." Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, I don't know anything about Buffalo. I've never been to Buffalo, but we'll make it work." <laughs> right. And here we are. <laughs> That's awesome. So I want to go back a little. Um, you were in, how do you pronounce it, Dajon? Yeah, Dajon, Dajon, South Korea. Okay. Dejon, While South you were there, can you tell us how that experience was? You know, you being a man of color in. Uh, place surrounded by you know (laughs) asians and people of other cultures how was that experience for you was it almost like a wake-up call or was it like a you know this is a cultural diffusion moment like we're fusing stuff right now or or was it almost like that moment where you felt you know you were clear you know clear in mind yeah so you know it was it was I'm, i'm glad you brought that up so going abroad you know i didn't really know what to expect i never left the country before and Certainly not, you know, been that far away. I mean, it's a 13 hour flight just to get to South Korea. Mm. Uh, And, you know, I I was very shocked when I got there. I'd say that, you know, I very um, 
not many people of color of of our complexion by mm-hmm. any change. So you're walking around and you really do stand out a lot of the time. Uh, but people weren't people didn't say anything. People didn't mistreat me. It was just kind of like you know I did my own thing. I, I you know I was with a group of other students from my, my university, and I there was only there was a there weren't any many other people of color with with us so we still you know we, we came from that minority and then you come in you come in with my you're the minority in a group small group and now you just get thrown in a big group so it was just kind of like okay i'm just gonna be a minority for the next you know 40 30 45 days like that's just what it's gonna be right. and i would say that it was more of a not necessarily a uh, like a cultural experience based on race it was just a cultural experience i'd say more so being from america mm-hmm. like being an american so how we do things is just differently over there. You know, there's, um, you know, like how we approach school. Uh, one of the big things I, I, I found interesting over in South Korea was a lot of uh, men there. It's it's required for them to serve in the military. So a lot of the people that I was working with on the project were students at the university and they were either uh, looking at advancing themselves so they could start in careers higher up in the military or they had done their military experience and now we're pursuing an education. So I thought that was a very interesting take on life, you know, talking to people that were, you know, a little bit older than me at Mm -hmm. the time or even my age, and they're saying, hey, I'm, you know, only a sophomore in college because I have to do two years serve my country. Wow. So so do you feel going in, were you privileged? You didn't have to, you know, serve. Do you feel like you were given uh, almost a chance of, you know, leeway in a way, you know, you were given that leeway. And do you feel like you were different than the ones who had to serve while, you know, while you were there with them? Do you feel like you were any different? Uh, I'd say not, not really. What I'd say is, you know, it's kind of an, it's an understanding that it was, it was a part of the Korean culture to do that, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't weird that I hadn't done that. Um, What I'd say about it was that the biggest thing that came up with conversation about the military was, and this was the, with the men, mm-hmm. was that it was a camaraderie experience, right? Many of them, no matter how old they were, are able to exp- to talk about their time in the military. You know, you, they could talk with their professor, oh, back when I was in this, and it's just a common shared experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were times when, you know, you're talking to others, uh, professors or other people at the university, uh, like my professor who uh, is is um, South Korean and he taught at my university, mm. um, is the one who was the liaison who created this program oh, okay. over there, right? He is able to talk with the, the Korean students we're working with about his time when he was in the military. Um, so there were times, you know, it was just an interesting dynamic just to learn about that, really see how that plays a part in the culture about mm-hmm. how they go about life. You know, there was a gentleman that was working with us and like he was pursuing his, you know, Matt, uh, his undergrad, and he was like, oh, I'm going to get my master's and then my PhD so that when I have to do my two years, I start higher. And that was the thing, right? You can't dodge it. You know, you have to do two years. You know, they were made, there were jokes about certain uh, Korean famous people like pop artists and whatnot who would have to take breaks from their career because they need to go serve in the military. Wow. You you can't get it. And, and I believe at the time it was before 30. I don't want to misspeak, uh, but it was just something that everyone had to do. Um, which I just thought was, you know, like like I said, kind of made me reflect on on our on my my experience in my country. Like, what would it look like if I had had to serve, and where would my life be, and and what would that look like? So that was, I'd say, one of the more interesting dynamics. Um, but you know, it's a different place. I mean, entirely. You know, other. You know, I'd say there's a lot more people in one congested spot that I was mm-hmm. used to, man. I mean, I was just like, I think there was, you know, several million people in that city that I was in. And I come from a city of 300,000 people. Right. So just being around a lot, I'm like, you know, sometimes you feel like you're on top of people, yeah. uh, a lot more cars, just so uh, almost like New York. 
Yeah, almost like New York, <laughs> almost like New York. But but I'd right. say that the biggest thing you remember is you know there wasn't a where I was in Korea. It's the center, so there wasn't English as prevalent on signage. Mm-hmm. So a lot the people there didn't necessarily speak English like they would in Seoul, which is where a lot of the planes fly in, and, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of a lot of business is done. So it was definitely an experience, man, trying to get around, talk to people, communicate, find ways to be like, yo, can you take me to the grocery store? Where is the grocery store? Uh, but but uh, but but a great experience, man. I learned a lot. I'm mm-hmm. glad I. And I recommend that anybody who has an opportunity to have some kind of a broad experience, take it, take it, definitely. take it. You know, you can definitely learn just that, you know, it opens up your world, man. The world is bigger mm-hmm. than just your backyard and it's bigger than America. That That's really what it told me. Right. I'm over here in this other place and all my whole life I've been to, you know, many of the states, seen a lot of stuff. But the people are, are different, but it's still the same kind of culture because we're the same country. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, there's a whole world out here, man, where they think differently, do stuff differently. And they still get on with their lives, live long, healthy lives and and, you know, do their thing while we do our thing over here. Right. While you were. Oh, were you going to go ahead? Go oh, I was just going um, while you were there, your team, you know, you came up with a lot of discoveries and you improved a lot of things. For instance, the locative paper drying process to stimulate economies for Napolese villages. Man, you helped multi villages speed up their process for making paper. How? How? Like, what was the process for that? Like, what, what was the steps that you guys take? You were leading the team. What was the steps that you took helping that process? Yeah, sure. So, so, and like in operations, you know, I, I, I like to say the first step in a problem is you have to understand the problem. So mm-hmm. the first step was to look at the system that they currently had in place. So we, we had to really study what they had been doing, uh, study, you know, what that process looked like, and then identify what barriers, and, and actually, let me back up, then what I actually have a minor in paper science. Um, so I was kind of, I was the lead on the team mm, with my okay. paper knowledge. And so what I did was I said, okay, this is what they are doing. Let's compare this to what now we currently do on a mass scale. You know, this is how we do it in big factories. And so let's like compare processes. So here's the, you know, paper starts all this pulp. So like, here's their pulping process. Here's their refining process. Here's their drying process. Here's their pressing process. Right. I compared all that. And then with me and my team did was said, okay, what, area can we make the most impact in but also have be met in the confines of what their budget is because again the the villages don't have a lot of income this is like supplementary income to the village but they want to get more of it Mm -hmm. so we said okay they they, what they were doing is they dry the paper in Mm -hmm. the sun so they would make the paper and then they would put it out in the sun and that's a lot of time to just wait for the elements to dry it so and when you have paper, what, what a lot of people, what you do is you actually have to, it's called the pressing process. It's mm-hmm. where you uh, press, like two rolls come through. And depending on the type of press, let me not get into it, but there's different types of presses out there. I don't want to bore the audience. But the paper <laughs> will go through and really push out a lot of water. The pressing mm-hmm. pushes the water out so it can dry faster. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we used a car jack. Like we used a, a modified car jack okay. and we said, okay, we can, we set up this like little tabletop kind of rig. Mm-hmm. And we said, if you use a car jack with an applied weight, uh, a weight or a, a, a for apply a force, that's the length of the paper. And you're able to crank that down and squeeze water out of a bulk stack of paper wow. of um, a certain number of sheets. You can then squeeze out the water and then go dry it in the sun, but you won't have to dry it in the sun as long. Cause I believe uh, I, I don't remember how long it took. I mean, it's just been a minute, but it, it definitely took a considerable amount of time to dry it. So that was one of the ways. Mm-hmm. And we were able to reduce uh, the drying time by 50% just by eliminating all that excess water rather wow. than the sun doing it. Wow. 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 That's awesome. You know, I'm kind of shocked right now. So I'm going to take it and let Daniel take over. 
Cool. That's pre- awesome, man. Appreciate that, man. I've been waiting for a chance to kind of jump in. I'm here. sorry. I don't know <laughs> nothing about paper, paper presses, <laughs> and paper processes, but um, I do know a little bit about operations. But I know, you know, this is your role at McDonald's as a operations associate. So, um, kind of want to dig into that a little bit, but to kind of set the stage and the premise for the conversation. Uh, oftentimes, when we think of the Golden Arches and McDonald's, right, mm-hmm. we see it as a fast food job. You know that you know a young person to work for a little while until you know they get out of high school or you know they're working while they're in college until they get to the job they really want. Um, but oftentimes we don't realize how you can actually move up through the organization and the company to you know management level and then potentially you know ownership, right? So mm-hmm. I would love for you to kind of share a little insight on you know what that's what that process is like, so we can really kind of start to shift that narrative around you know working at McDonald's is not just like fast food. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I I'm happy to talk about it. You know, I know we've we talked previously uh before and you know I'm definitely passionate <laughs> passionate about McDonald's. So I'm I'm happy to talk about it. Um so with McDonald's there there's what one thing I'd like to say, there's there's two facets of McDonald's. There's the McDonald's Corporation and then there's the McDonald's franchise. So the restaurants that you see on uh, a lot on the corners, like a lot of people that know know them, right? There's a certain percentage of those that are owned by franchise owners, right? And those are own separate organizations that run their respective businesses and we franchise out the agreement to them. Then there's a certain number of restaurants, a smaller portion um, that are owned by the corporation. And then there are corporate functions that help uh, that is like the franchisor, so we do have some restaurants that are corporate owned, but a majority of them are franchised out mm. in McDonald's. So you can one. So I, I know it's a it's kind of a multifaceted. So I'll start first with your approach, the franchise approach, right? So person comes in and says, "I want to, you know, be a McDonald's owner." They go through whatever the process looks like to become a McDonald's owner. Now they own McDonald's. Okay, if you come in. A lot of times from my experience, and again, I've only been here a year, you know, a little over a year with the company. A lot of times what that experience looks like is someone will come into the restaurant and say, hey, I want to work as a crew person. And, you know, not even just franchise, I'd say McDonald's as a whole. A lot of people start out as crew people, 15, 16, and they never leave. You know, many of the people I talk to every day be like 30, 40 years of the company. Actually, a teammate of mine just retired 45 years. Started as a crew person at 16. And what he did was, is as a crew person, he started out as crew Worked his way up to a shift manager over time, worked his way up to a general manager over time, and then just kept moving up the ladder. And to your point, you know, a lot of even myself, I didn't think about McDonald's like that before I, I got to got here. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the people that I work with, that's how they have come up through the ranks one time or another. So for anyone who's listening out here, you know, I know sometimes, like you said, you know, McDonald's can be thought of like it's just as a job or yeah. where you can really make it a career and you can start your career at 15 or 16. That could be your part-time high school hustle. And you say, wow, I'm going to stay here and work and be good, move up through the ranks and, and and make a good life for myself. It's definitely a great job to have. And, you know, I, I the joke I, I like to tell people, not even a joke, but, you know, how many people do you know manage multi-million dollar businesses? Yeah, no. <laughs> not many. I mean, and, and, and you know, and, <laughs> not many. And, and that's just one McDonald's, right? That's right. one McDonald's. So you know, there there's a lot of you know a lot of times stereotypes associated with it. And I'm like, listen, man, the people that work in that restaurant, they they handle a lot. I mean, they're handling you know your crew people are getting customer service skills, working with all these transactions. I mean, there's a lot of trust. Your shift managers planning and scheduling people, right? Leading a team of people to say this is our sales goal. How do we get that? How do we manage our certain percentages? Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into that, man. It ain't no you know no a lot. Of Sometimes people, you know, you think it's just, you're just there to get your food, but there's a lot of potential there and a, and a lot of skills and things you can learn in a McDonald's. 
And so then you have, so that's like the, that's the, the, the franchise part of, of it, if you will. And I know I'm being simple cause I don't, I know I don't want to go too, too deep. Um, so that's like the franchise coming up through the restaurant part. Then you have the McDonald's corporation, which is the franchisor, and I work for the McDonald's corporation. Got and it. so my role as an operations associate is I'm, I drive around and, and go to restaurants, um, in the, I primarily focus on like the Western New York area. Western New York, go to all the McDonald's is around here. And my job is to support them and assist them and, and, and make recommendations on how they can improve the processes that they currently have in place in order to grow sales uh, in the restaurant. So I really help from an operation standpoint. I'll go in and say, okay, this is how the ideal McDonald's is supposed to run. Mm-hmm. Um, or not even supposed to run. How the ide- ideal McDonald's is projected to run and get you the most out of your sales, get you the most out of the people that you have on the floor. And this is how you can make the most money. And I say, okay, these are the observations that I've made. Here are my recommendations on how you can improve and send support. So it's very much a, it's not like a one or the other, the corporation or the franchise. We're, we're a team. Like we work together. I mean, you know, uh, if you, you look anywhere and I, and I believe it, you know, we're a McFamily is what we like to call it. So, you know, it, um, I, I love McDonald's, man. I love working here. It's a great company, great company culture. Um, and I've had a great time here. So I don't know if that answers your question. I'm sure you got some follow up to that. No, but definitely <laughs> has some follow up. Yeah, know definitely me. has a follow up. So I, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go too, too in deep. No, nah, I mean you're good, man. Um, and I appreciate that response. So I actually have two follow up questions. Okay. Uh, the first one is, what do you? I know you express the love for the culture within the organization, but what do you? You know, what gets you up every day? Super excited about going to work. What What's that thing that you actually love about your role? Um, with within the corporation, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other piece is as a as a male of color, especially mm-hmm. working in a corporate environment. Um, what's what's been the most challenging aspect of that for you? Because oftentimes, you know, young men of color are not we're not accustomed to working in those environments, and we have to make the adjustment a lot of times because those environments have not necessarily been um, constructed for us to thrive in mm-hmm. um, historically. Yeah, no, no, for sure. So I know that was a lot. That was a lot. Now, listen, listen, I got you, though. I got you. So I answered the, 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 the first part of your question, which was, you know, what gets me up every day is, you know, I, I, every restaurant is different, right? Every restaurant, it, it you know, it's its own little environment, its own ecosystem. And when you go to those restaurants, you know, each restaurant has its, its, its positives and every restaurant has its opportunities. And every day I get to go and work with restaurants and and highlight the successes that they're doing and I get to work with those res- like respective opportunities that they have. So every day is a different day. You know, I can't go into a McDonald's, you know, you, I can't go into one like it's like any problem. I can't just so okay, this is how I solve this problem. Now mm-hmm. I, that's how I can solve this other problem when the root cause of that problem is completely different than the than the other problem I have, right? Mm-hmm. I can have relatable experiences, but those things are different. And so every day is unique to me, man. You know, it's like a it's a it's a unique problem. It's like a Rubik's cube. I can't just come in with this cookie cutter attitude of this is how you mm-hmm. got to do it. This is what you have to do. Um, and I and I really like that. It's a challenge, uh, but it's it excites me, right? And it says, okay, how can I really support and add value in this capacity uh, each and every day? Because that's my challenge. That's what I have to do. When I go to every restaurant I go to and visit, my job is to leave them with some kind of add value so that they can get better. Um, so that's what gets me up, man. And I and I I'm honest with people. I'm not just lying on here. I'm not, you know, being exaggerated. I haven't had a, a dull day at work. 
I mean, there has not been a day that I say I don't want to get up and go to work, right? There are days that I have that are harder than others for sure, right? It's like, so we all have those, right. but there was never a day when I'm like, oh my gosh, I just do not want to go to work because it's just that much. I enjoy solving problems that much. Mm. Second part of your question. You like, like a, you like a like specialist double ops. Man, like I'm telling like, you. I would refer to you as like a operations call him the uh, mick agent opportunistic <laughs> an, an operations opportunistic specialist or something man. I, like, I am done man I, you gotta be the mick agent operation i love it i love it you know i'm gonna go for that now don't be surprised i'm gonna give me a little shirt when i pull up be like y'all i'm the mick agent no that that's uh that's what's up um but yeah the second part man being a black man in corporate america well, well first you know i like to say that like everybody which is which is something I've been, especially with a lot of what's going on in the country right now, and a lot of a lot of civil unrest, a lot of things that have happened. Speak on it. You know, um, I want to say that there is a, you know, there definitely is something about being a man of color in a space, right? You know, I walk into rooms, and you know, sometimes I may not be my full self. You know, sometimes I may not be able to say what I want to say. Sometimes I may not even be able to say how I want to say it, right? Mm-hmm. And and that because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I can't just say this is Chris, I have to say, this is Chris, the black guy, mm. or this is the black man speaking, because that might be perceived, you know, whereas some people may perceive it as, uh, what's the word, like confidence, right? Maybe I'm perceived as cocky or, mm-hmm. or angry or arrogant, yeah. right? And and I'm not, and, I, and, and, and I'm honestly not saying here, like, you know, I haven't, um, had those experiences in corporate America. And I'm not saying that I never will have those experiences, but mm-hmm. what I will say is those are the things that are important for men of color and people of color, especially that be, you have to have that awareness and you got to know it. And it is a burden to bear mm-hmm. and it's a real thing. Well, yeah, uh, go ahead. Um, I just want to harp on that real quick. Do you feel having that experience would change your thought on whether you want to get up and go to work? Yes. No, 100%. No, 100%. 100%, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I can't speak... I can only speak to my experience, right? I can't right. speak to anybody else's. And if I was to have that another negative experience or whatnot, I can't tell you it wouldn't change my 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 feel on it. That mm. that's the true. I, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and speak for others, especially if they've had other situations that may deem them that 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 caused them to feel a certain way, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so you know, but I would say you know, being a black man, it it, it, it there is hard. It is hard, you know, because you gotta you gotta be careful. Lord Jesus, it is. You gotta, you know, no, it is hard to be a black I man. Yeah, black man. I mean, it's, it's hard. Let's be real. Here. It's hard to be a black man, but yes, it's definitely hard to be a black man in, in corporate America. And I tell you that one of the like just the things I'm learning is, you know, you gotta. At the same time, though, you gotta have, I would say, some open mind and some trust because I found that not being wanting to be so reserved and wanting to be so conscious of it, man, it could tear you apart. Like it could really just mess your psyche up. You start thinking things that may not even be there, you know, and it's, Do you and, just and, look at me weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but, but seriously though, that's, that's real stuff. And I think that's something that, that honestly, we need, we, people need to talk about more. Like, listen, we, so we, you're, we, you're talking about toxic masculinity. That's what it sounds like. I, I don't, I don't know. I listen, I'm not well versed in, in that realm. Uh, but I, but I, what I will say though is, is real, real talk. You know, you have to navigate the space and you have to have a good balance. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the thing. And that's the difficult part. Right. Where does that balance lie? Where do I speak up enough where I'm confident, but I just don't speak up to the point where I'm perceived as arrogant? Mm-hmm. Where where how do I take initiative enough that I'm I'm definitely valued? 
right? But then if I, I so so, but I, but you know, it's, so it's not that. Um, let's say I'm not taking enough initiative, and for somebody says, oh, he's not doing nothing, right? You know. And even then, right, when you have projects at work, right, how many projects do you take on so they know your work value and your work ethic so you, you can do a great job, but then you don't kill yourself and now you can't do other things. Mm -hmm. So, and it's a balance that every person has to have. Uh, I just want to, excuse me, highlight that as a man of color, mm -hmm. I feel like that balance is definitely more thought on the mind and we got to definitely be more conscious about it. <laughs> right. I agree. Um, <laughs> man, you done said a lot. And- you said in the beginning, you know, you don't feel like you're, you know, one of the men up on the rise. And I, and I totally disagree with that. You know, for you to actually take the initiative, like you said, and actually take that chance to go abroad, like you were saying earlier, that by itself is a step up, I feel mm -hmm. like, because it's showing that you're having that initiative to want to help the right. world. And it's, you know, it's, it's impactful for a lot of people. And them people that live in, you know, in the Nepalese villages and so on and so forth, they are benefited from your work and the, your team's work so you know it's always bigger and bigger than what we see and it's bigger than what we hear and for the people that's actually on the front lines doing it and actually putting the effort in that's off to you because a lot of people can't do that that's right Dwayne. get that man his flowers while man, he's still here man, man, right listen i <laughs> i appreciate it man i i really do i mean i you know i'm like i, I don't like to man i you know i'm a dude i just like to do my thing man and go and go home keep doing I, it i appreciate i appreciate it. you highlighting me man but i just i like that for the record i just i don't you know you're my, very my, humble my mantra well you know my mantra is man go about you, you know handle your business right everybody's got business they got to handle and, and my goal and my 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 goal for myself was i just want to be out here and do my handle my business you know do do what i believe is the right thing and go home at the end of the day right. you know and do and put my best effort in doing whatever i do you know so uh, i like i said i very much appreciate the recognition i just know i i'm a little you know i'm like i don't know what to say chris we ain't, ain't trying to hear that man like, I, <laughs> just believe me a bit. I, res I respect everything that you just said because that's my approach to the work too mm -hmm. like but i'm also starting to see that man as black men we have to make sure that you know, when we're able to show love, we do that mm -hmm. because so often you you kind of you touched on it in regards to everything that we just deal with as just black men. We always it always feels like we getting tore down. So like whenever we, we got a chance to build each other up, and we got to do that. So salute to you and all the work that you're doing, and Dwayne, I appreciate you giving kudos to that man because you know showing love I is something that we it. need to do more. You of. know, <laughs> I couldn't. I'm I'm not even gonna lie, I couldn't because you know I would have to really do my research. And did and speaking of before you left, did you research where you were going, and did you research some of the things that you were heading into? In, in terms like McDonald's or oh, no, when you were leaving out the country. Oh the, yeah, yeah, he's man. Like infatuated. Like with he's infatuated. I am, I am because you know <laughs> it's not you don't hear you don't hear this that there's people of people of color ready to go outside of their boundaries outside of their communities. You got the Wayne ready to book a plane to go. Really really like <laughs> well, you know, man. I, so I, I've just been interested in different experiences. You know, right. I, I just I think that it takes a cur you know it's a curiosity. Mm -hmm. You have to want it. And uh, but but at the same time, you have to be exposed to it. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to have the You have to be exposed to the opportunity to have that, which is a big thing. Right. I mean, one thing I would I would say is, you know, how many, um, you know, especially black people, black people mm -hmm. of color. Right. How, you know, we have to be exposed to these opportunities. I mean, if I didn't go to the college I went to, if I didn't wasn't in the major that I was, I can't confidently tell you I'd ever been to South Korea. I can't mm -hmm. even tell you I'd have left the country at any point. So you bring up an interesting point. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot. Uh, within Breaking Barriers about making sure that we expose them into different Exposure. opportunities and, and experiences, mm -hmm. right? So who was that person or people or maybe it wasn't necessarily a person or, you know, other individuals, but what what got you 
what created that exposure for you? What got you interested in, you know, doing some things that, you know, typically we as young men at young ages don't necessarily think about doing? Right. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting question, man, because you got me thinking. I'm like, Damn, <laughs> what, made, what did make you want to go to South Korea? Uh, nah, you know, I would say. Um, yeah, when we hear about South Korea and North Korea, we, we think don't about think, war. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, real talk. Yeah, no, listen, but, but look, that's very real, right? Y'all, look, I, I did not go. Uh, if you're in Seoul, if you ever go to Seoul, there's like a mountain in the distance. I, I'm mm-hmm. forgetting on the name of the mountain, but it's interesting when you look at it because that's North Korea. Like you see oh, the wow. mountain and it's a big mountain. Like it's not like, you know, some little thing. You're like, yeah, they're like, yeah, that's North Korea. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, like you say, you hear all, all the war and you like, oh, how close are we? Oh, 45 <laughs> minutes. I'm like, yo, whoa. Like, maybe I need to a be bomb drop over <laughs> exactly. I've seen a bunch of movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what's about to happen? Uh, I, I say, you know, man, I just... I've always wanted to do different stuff like my whole life, man. I, you know, I, I've never been a status quo kind of person. I've never mm-hmm. been about just doing what everybody else does. And I, you know, I don't know if it's like the rebel in me, you know, or, or what, I don't know what, I don't really right. know, but I, I can tell you that I'm interested in challenging myself. Right. I want to do stuff that's, that's different from everybody else. And that's what led me to go to South Korea. You know, a lot of people, even when I, when I talk to people and I joke with y'all about this, uh, most people I talk to, they're like, Oh, we went to Europe. We go to Europe, we go to Europe to travel. And that just wasn't good enough for me. There's nothing, there's no shade on Europe. Everybody listening, I'm not putting shade on Europe. I just felt like everybody goes to Europe in my circle and not enough people went to Asia. So I said, look, I'm going to go to Asia because all y'all going to Europe and I don't want to be like all of y'all. I want to be different. Explore the unknown. And see, that's cool. You know, like, like you were saying, like Daniel was saying, like we see movies and we see these depictions of stuff and war and um, hatred in some of these countries. And it really don't even be the case. You know, they're just like us. Sometimes they may be different, you know, culturally wise or, you know, what, how they live day to day. But what we see is like if we were to say, oh, I'm about to go to South Korea. First thing we think of is yo, Kim Jong-un and how he's at the moment very angry and he's showing his hatredism against his own people so you know that's the first thing we think of and i feel like it's different from where you're actually about to go on the flight you actually have to evaluate some of the stuff that's going on in that place and before you even step into the country you got to think about it yo is this really what i wanted to do did you have any of those thoughts that made you want to reconsider your choice yeah so i just want to definitely clarify like kim is in north i did not go anywhere i was not in north in any way shape or form i was oh, in south. my apologies I was, I was in south okay so right. like kim, so <laughs> yeah kim is in that in that north korea region right mm-hmm. that was just um that's like right across the border that's where you, you were a lot still of stuff. super close i am super close though you're right you're right but but you gotta it's interesting though right. the country's been at war for i think 70 years right it's just been a stalemate yeah. the war mm-hmm. never ended where over here, if you listen, man, you talk about Korea so much, you bring it back all the memories. I mean, some of the questions you asked me first, I'm like, dang, I got to pull on that memory. But no, no. <laughs> one of the big things was over here, you hear a lot about Korea in terms of the war, in oh. terms of the Korean War. Over there, you know, it's not news. It's not special. It's like we've been at war for 70 years. That's, that's, that's been the case. That's old news. We don't need to talk about the fact that we got enemies right on our doorstep. So you don't really hear about it over there. You don't like people aren't, aren't talking about it like like you're talking about it mm-hmm. right now. And that's and, and an important role to play. What you talked about right, is the media, mm-hmm. right? The media over here. That's what people are accustomed to see. That's what people want to see. So that's what they sell. But if you go over there and you talk to somebody about North Korea, they're like, I mean, yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> we ain't worried. I mean, we're not, you know, we're and a lot of it over there, too, is part of it's not even really worrisome. You think that they weren't worried. I was worried. Like you said, I mean, I'm like, oh, that's North Korea. Oh, shoot. I'm worried. But right. to them in there every day, that's what they live with. That's what they've existed with. It's it's um, it's normal. It's it's not any shock value to them. Mm-hmm. They're like, yep, this is the life we live. I got other stuff to do. I can't be worried about what's happening over the border until it affects me. 
well, you had that mindset and it worked for you because I would have left the second day. I'm sorry, <laughs> but Daniel, I have a question for you. You know, you're not on the you're not on the guest list, but how would you feel? I was like, real quick, I, before I go, I will say though to to, to add just before you continue, mm-hmm. Daniel. Um, I I was over there when I was over there in 2017. It was when North Korea was firing all the missiles over to Japan and, right. and doing the testing. So, so I actually so before so so nah. for clarification for the audience, I was over there during a hot time yeah. when people were like, "Is oh, a missile about to come over the border?" Um, so sorry to interrupt, but we, go ahead. We're glad you made it back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're glad that you're taking it upon yourself and you have the onus and ownership over making sure that you experience that for the black culture. Because I will not be going over there. All right, it's not happening um europe sounds good to me okay okay um Dwayne, what was your question my question well you know what i think he just answered that i was gonna ask you how would you feel going into a situation like that you know with war on the rise yeah bro i just answered that question yes you did um yeah not happening uh you just completely threw me off with that one man where i was was about to go Oh man, close out. So before we wrap, right, and I'm gonna give Dwayne the last word. Actually, I'm gonna give you the last word because Dwayne is gonna ask you for your something, you know, inspiration that you would want to share with, mm-hmm. you know, the people that might be listening, in particular, young men of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do this piece where we put you on the hot seat, and you ain't know this was coming, but it's here. Okay. So uh, Shoot. I'm gonna run about run through about 15 to 20 questions. Like 50 okay. said, 21 questions. Okay. Right? Okay. Oh, we ain't messing with 50 right now. We ain't messing with 50. Nah. Why? Uh, what, did I miss something? Yeah, you did. We ain't talking Where about I it been? though right now. Go just look on uh, uh, Instagram. Let me Facebook let me search y'all. My bad. We uh, fifty. Fifty you out done here for. Got the backs of <laughs> caps that's out here beating up, beating us down. Oh. Um. At least that's what came out. Anyways, uh, fifteen twenty questions. You get basically if one word, two word response. First thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right, so you on a hot seat? I'm in a hot seat. Shoot, I'm I'm like, I, you had me sit up. I'm like, I got to be real, real you focused gotta get, now. You got to get into it. All right, uh, you from Cincy, so what's your favorite restaurant in Cincy? Favorite restaurant, La Rosa's Pizza. All right, I don't know where that's at, but I have to check it out if I ever make it to Cincy. For sure. I rolled through. But, and shout out to Andy Dalton a couple years ago, hoping us getting the playoffs. <laughs> All right, um, that's about the only good thing I did this for us. All right, uh, favorite restaurant, restaurant in Buffalo? Favorite restaurant, ooh, at 11. What? You ain't say Oak Room? Nah, man. I, I don't. I don't go to the Oak Room. They fish. I don't. I do not go to Oak Room for the food. I go for the entertainment and the culture. That's okay. the social that gathering way. spot. Got it. Oh, oh, right. oh, oh, yeah. There we go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, y'all can't see us with wings and Cincy, so I'm not, I'm not gonna ask you about who has the best wings in Cincy. I'm gonna ask you about who has the best wings in Buffalo. Oh shoot, man. Look, <laughs> who got the best wings in Buffalo, man? Look, I. Listen, for everybody, for disclaimer, right, I have not had all the wings in Buffalo, but the best wings that I have had are Duff's. Come on, I, I can't be mad at that. The best uh, wings I have had are I, Duff's. I can't be mad Look, at I know that. people in Buffalo love their wings. That's why I got to clarify that statement because everybody's going to be like, what? And I'm like, listen, I'm not from Buffalo. I haven't had a life to ch- taste every wing on the block. You can't tell me, oh, I had Lennox's wings. I had Bocce's wings. I had all these other wings. I ain't had none of I ain't had half of them. Yeah, um, you're going to have to come out with me and Jamil. And I, just, I know Jamil don't eat wings, but he know about. You eat wings? Oh, my bad. I thought you was. Okay, cool. I thought, uh, all right. I thought she was laying off the chicken wings. 
Well, well you're gonna have to come out with me and uh, Jamil. So we get you some real wings. All right, look, sounds sounds good. Because uh, them honey Cajuns, that fat cast, man. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay. And uh, Korean That's his barbecues, favorite social spot, y'all. I do like fat cats fish though. I do like they fish, but I, I ain't gotta, never had their wings. You gotta have their honey they Cajuns. Fish is great. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. You know Buffalo. We know for pizza. Best pizza uh, spot that I guess you did. you've been to in Buffalo. Best pizza spot, man. Look, I I gotta confess, y'all. I ain't had no buffalo pizza yet. Hmm. Yo, Chris, how long you been? What? Been here a year, man. I just nah. We gotta order Uber Uber Eats. You know, I just it's just, it's just it's something I haven't got around to, man. Everybody says Bocce's, Franco's, Lenovo. Dude, what you working I, like twenty four hour shifts? Is <laughs> <laughs> how do you not have pizza? I haven't had them yet, man. I, dude, I listen. I I need to do it. Who you, you right? hanging out with, dude? dude like, listen, listen. <laughs> Clearly not the right people. Clearly not the right people. Because I'm not. I have, I have not had buffalo pizza. You need to put them McNuggets down. Go for that pizza. Chris, what's your favorite spot? I've done. I was wondering when Dwayne was going to That was a good one. That was a good one, Dwayne. That was a good one. Dwayne said, stop picking up them 20 pieces, man. Hey, man, they good, though. Get them while they hot. Yo, since we on it, I'm about to completely shift gears, right? Y'all remember a couple years ago, right, when McDonald's came out with the commercial and they talked about having 100% all white meat in the yes, nuggets? Yes, what happened Chris, to that commercial? what was in the nuggets <laughs> I, 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 I cannot, um, I don't know what it was in the nuggets before per se, but I will say I believe it was like a combination of dark and white meat before. Right, I believe okay. it was, a, I believe okay. that's what it was. Again, I, I apologize, I can't know, but I know it wasn't that pink slime that folks were trying to say it was. We had, saying, we had, McDonald's know. has always had real meat in their food now but y'all was out here talking about always oh, fake this that the other a lot of us grew up on those nuggets and my daughter she's seven she's been eating them nuggets for a couple years now man i just need to know <laughs> okay all right they good they still good though they was they was good then and they good now right okay they you still hit. you still get them yeah, yeah they exactly right they hit they yeah they do all right mm-hmm. favorite uh favorite place to visit in buffalo oh man i gotta tell you i love to just honestly man i just love to walk around uh I don't know if it's like technically the river, but I like to walk around downtown, like right where the with the big obelisk with the lions and stuff, man. That was actually the first place I got dropped off down in Buffalo, and I just walked around downtown, just exploring by myself. I ain't know nobody, whatever. I was talking to strangers. Um, I really, I did, no, seriously, man. I was talking to strangers, folks, you know, all types of people, all walks of life, just like, yo, what's this? What's that? No, so man. Would you say Buffalo people, our residents, are we friendly? Um, y- y'all are. <laughs> Y'all are friendly for Be careful, Chris. Y'all are y'all are friendly. Um, Keep in let's mind. Let's just but let's just say this. I'm used to a different type of friendly. Okay. And the people here are a friendly that I've had to get used to. Uh, a lot of uh, New York City East Coast influences have a level of directness that's added to the Buffalo uh, culture mm-hmm. that I uh, had to adjust to very quickly, especially with folks that don't know me. Uh, uh-huh. The level of candidness that they felt to share with me about what they thought about me, <laughs> especially not having known me, was very uh, off-putting, especially when I responded with a, uh, a heightened tone of aggression, potentially, and you they were like... They were like, oh, what What do you mean? Why are you so riled up? I'm like, what? did you hear what you just said to me? Like, what? Right. <laughs> what? But no, I. Uh, but no, for the most part, I mean, I'd say it's very much like where I grew up. I mean, it's like a, it's like a mix of the Midwest and, and the East Coast, honestly. That's how I feel here. So, you know, I meet people, man. Right. I, I joke with, you know, when y'all are done with phone calls and when y'all are done with stuff, bro, y'all should be hanging up. Like, it ain't no really a buy. <laughs> it ain't no, like, it's like, right. And I'm like, dang, yo, what? 
I'm like, I just, you know, or, or even then, right? I'll call people and I'll say, you know, I, I just have these little niceties. I'm not trying to be your best friend, but I'll be like, you know, how are you? And they're like, good. All right, what's what's business? And they're kind of like, why are you asking me that? You know, I I um I remember I would talk to people and I'd ask about them and their life, and you know, people would be like, oh, you you trying to you trying to mac? You trying to flirt with me? I'm like. I just asked you how your day was. Like, what? Why? What kind that of? That sound like an oak room. Yeah. Uh, that's what that sound like. Listen, All right, man. moving on, moving on, moving on. Because we got Jamil just gave me the eye. I felt it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. gave me the third eye. All right. Uh, since you uh, since you brought up New York's influence, right? Uh, favorite hip hop hip hop artist for you? Ooh, favorite hip hop man. Look, uh, mm. I'm a West Coast dude, man. West Coast all day, baby. Chris, you know you started off. Dre, oh, so how you from Ohio on your West Coast? Man, Dre, Snoop, all that West Coast vibe. I like the chill stuff, man. All right, all right. Cube. You know what, y'all? If y'all see him at McDonald's. You ain't gonna see him at McDonald's, <laughs> man. He don't man, work. No, Listen, he don't work in wait, the... Chris. I do work. You can see me at the McDonald's for sure. You can exactly. see me up in there. He's going to be at the McDonald's. If you see Chris... Tell him. Y'all, what's wrong? Don't don't kill me, y'all. I just like the chiller vibes. That's all. All right, man. We about halfway through. Can I get through? Right. I was like, he got questions. Go Jamil trying to get, trying, ahead, trying, to, trying to be yeah, like, move, move, yeah, move. Yeah, uh, favorite sports team? Favorite sports team? Uh, Cincinnati Reds. Oldest baseball team out there. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not Buffalo stuff. You talked you know? about this West Coast. I got a feeling I know the answer to this one. LeBron, Jordan, or Kobe? Ooh. Be careful. <laughs> Eagle. Man, LeBron, man, Cavs. Eagle. Get out of here, LeBron, man. man. Oh, Layla God. just put her head from down from Akron, from Akron, That's from right, Akron Ohio. All right. All right, I'm really gonna put you on the hot seat with this one. You going you're not gonna like this. Uh, McDonald's, Chick Fil A, oh. Burger King, Wendy's, Checkers, McDonald's. What the, what kind of question is that? <laughs> no, what you, what you, you put me the hot seat. I wish I could see his face right now. No, I'm just playing. He, he really meant McDonald's. You can tell me the real answer afterwards, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, Will Smith. No, if you had to pick an actor to portray you in a movie, who would it be? Who would it be, man? Uh, Denzel. Okay. Denzel, man. I love Denzel's dialogue, man. I mean, I know the whole training day monologue, and it's really not man, the monologue. really not, know that. But it's really not the monologue, man. It's, it's Denzel's delivery of stuff. You know, he just be like, my man. You know, you just hear that. You're like, yo, that's Denzel. <laughs> tell him, man. King. Oh, what'd he say? Uh, I don't forgot the lines of the movie now. But King Kong, King Kong ain't got, got on, on me. me. Right. <laughs> I'm putting cases on all you. All right. <laughs> so, uh, music artists that you listen to that's in heavy rotation right now. Ooh. You know, honestly, man, I, I really haven't. Uh, a lot of instrumentals recently. I, I love movies, yeah. and I a lot of my stuff I've been listening to actually doesn't have lyrics. It's just instrumental stuff that keeps me calm, keeps me focused. Because yeah. I'll be trying to do stuff, but I need the the words to get me off game. I'm, like, focusing, rapping with the lyrics and yeah. stuff. You know, I'm like, nah, let me just get this instrumental. That's because the West Coast Dude. ain't buzzing right now. Right now it's Buffalo, baby. <laughs> right now it's Buffalo. It's Shout Benny, out to it's, Benny. It's Conway. It's Nas. We going right now. Um, all right. Favorite city to visit? Favorite city to visit? Um, Lord, I'm. I, there's a lot of cities I've been to. Um, I have to say, my favorite city to visit is Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at that. Can't wait to the party city. over so I can get down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite podcast? Favorite podcast? Oh, um, now look inward. It's actually a podcast uh, done by a family friend of mine. It's a uh, uh, her name's Angela Connor. Mm-hmm. She talks about um, black black people in corporate America, and she actually brings people on uh, every other week, and they talk about their experiences and things they need to deal with. So it's actually it's actually my favorite podcast right right now for sure. That's dope. 
All right. Uh, best res- best advice you have ever received. Best advice I've ever received is be able be able and willing to take feedback. Right. That's a good one. And last but not least, what's your greatest fear? Man, you really getting deep over here, dog. Man, I, don't know, Jamil, I told you, Jamil, we call Jamil, it the hot like, seat like, for a reason. Yo, Jamil, like, dog, you ask him these deep questions, man. I, uh, <laughs> nah, I'd say my my greatest fear is my greatest fear is not making an impact. And what I mean by that is, you now everybody has a vision and a path that they want to be on with their life. And mine is everybody's mix is different. And at the end of the day, I want to make sure that, you know, my results are given. So I want to be successful in my career, but I also want to be successful giving back uh, to my community Mm -hmm. and to the people around me, support, support the people, my friends and all that. And I'd say if I'm not able to make an impact at some level, I'm not doing my job. No, I can't save the world, but I believe it's, it's everybody's, not everybody's job, but it's people's job to say, I want to make a difference in some way, shape or form and that's what I'm afraid of, that I won't make that or enough of one. I like that, man. Right. I appreciate that. You off the hot seat. I'm going to kick it back to Dwayne and close us up. All right. Chris, I want to thank you for joining. You know, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Daniel, I thank you for coming in. Um, Jamil, always. Now, y'all better make sure y'all subscribe and rate out all of the major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. And a big, big shout out at our partners at Say Yes Buffalo, the Greater Buffalo Racial Equity Roundtable, and the Community Foundation for Greater Buffalo. We thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you. We love you. Stay safe and stay COVID-free. All right, y'all. We out. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Breaking Barriers podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you follow us on all of the streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. For more information about Breaking Barriers, visit our website at www.breakingbarriersbuffalo.org.